everybody, this is Jim. And Jeremy. And we are on show number 27. And we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to go into the albums that came out last year, 2021. Do our little album roulette where we randomly picked three albums each. We went, we went up to the music mountain and it wasn't really a mountain. It was more like a junkyard, maybe. It was like digging for buried treasure <laughs> at the beach. Yeah, actually, I was surprised. Two of the albums out of the three that I listened to were pretty decent. We're also going to talk about some albums that we really liked from last year. There was a ton of albums that came out. We'll go through some of those. You know, I'll just name those. We're going to start with, uh, we're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So they just announced recently the nominees. And I don't know what your feelings are, Jeremy, on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But, you know, a lot of people think it shouldn't be called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They'd have to change signs and, and stuff. And I don't know. It is what it is. It's, it's more like a music Hall of Fame right now. I mean, you're seeing a lot yeah. more, a lot of variety of genres getting in there. Yeah, well, it's... When it started, it started in 86, and I think they in, uh, inducted too many in the beginning. Right. They could have spaced it out because I think now we have, what is it, like six, six or, uh, six I, or seven? I think it's at least six going in a year, yeah. Yeah, the first year, believe it or not, there were 18 <sighs> inductees. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a lot. And a lot of the big ones, you know, if they had spaced it out a little bit, I mean, we got Chuck Berry, James Brown, Elvis, you know, Bo Diddley, Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, the list goes on. Next year, uh, they in inducted 12 people, 12 uh, acts. So this year, like we said, I, I don't know, I think they picked like around six or so. But we have, let's go down the list here, Beck, Pat Benatar. She's actually been snubbed for 23 years. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. This is her second nomination. I think she was nominated last year. Uh, we got Kate Bush, Devo, Duran Duran, Eminem, <laughs> first year. Duran Duran, first year. Eurythmics, Judas Priest. And this guy, I, I think he's come up before. I've never heard of him before. Fila Kuti. <laughs> K-U-T-I. Okay. Uh, MC5, I've heard of them. Uh, New York Dolls, Dolly Parton. So should Dolly Parton be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You know, Willie Nelson's not in the Rock and Roll Hall. So maybe Willie's going to be, you know, he's up there in age. Are these all nominees or were they all? These like, are nominees. Yeah. They haven't um, picked, <laughs> picked them yet. <laughs> I was like, uh, we're well past six or seven. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. There you go. Uh, it's their fourth nomination. Uh, Lionel Richie. Carly Simon, A Tribe Called Quest, and Dionne Warwick. To be uh, eligible for nomination, an individual artist or band must have released its first commercial recording at least 25 years prior uh, to the year of nomination. 17 out of the nominees on this list are on the ballot for the first time. Is that right? 17? Did I get that right? <laughs> Maybe it's seven. <laughs> now, here's, some, here's something interesting. Uh, Here's some people who haven't been nominated or aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Warren Zevon, that's a shame. Uh, Iron Maiden. That's a travesty. 
they've been eligible for 18 years. Uh, the Smiths, I, you know, they aren't really rock and roll. I think they're a great band. Oasis, Dave Matthews Band. They had, I think, seven number one albums in a row. You know, if it's a popularity contest, why aren't... Right. Why haven't they been nominated? Thin Lizzy. Thin <laughs> Lizzy not in there. Motorhead. Come on. There you go. And um, Three Dog Night. And if you don't know Three Dog Night, they actually sold over 90 million albums. They've been eligible for 28 years. Now, they didn't write their own songs, but neither did Elvis. So, And The Monkees. This is a big one for a lot of people, is that The Monkees are have not been nominated ever. 31 years eligible. Uh, Bad Company. Billy Idol, who we love. Yeah. And uh, I love Bad Company, too. And Cher, you know? I thought everybody loved Cher. She's been snubbed for 32 years. She's one of the female vocalists who deserves to be... I, I would consider most of her music rock. Uh, Super Tramp, The Runaways, Smashing Pumpkins, The Replacements, In Excess, you know, the list goes on. Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah. Taylor Swift, now she's not eligible yet. <laughs> I think I figured it out. It's going to be the year 2037. I'm going to be there. Let's yeah. get our tickets. Pre-order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One person that shouldn't be in there, who, who do you think that would be, Jeremy? Oh, my God. You're going to put me on the spot like that? Bon Jovi. Oh, man. No, he's rock and roll, so I have to give him that. Yeah, come on now. 2018, he was inducted. Finally. He's probably halfway there by now. But should Bon Jovi have been inducted before, like, you Some know, these other Iggy bands. Pop? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Weird Al, too. He's not. Weird Al should be in there. You know, he's <laughs> one of those guys. You, I, I feel like you either love him or you hate him. There's nobody that's oh, yeah. casually listening to, to Weird Al, but he deserves to be in. Yeah, he's a really creative person. Very. I mean, yeah, he takes... He takes beats, but he creates lyrics, and he makes them his own. <laughs> Well, he also um, he also has a lot of songs that he's written himself in the style of other bands and not really copying exactly. So before we get into our albums from last year, last year, uh, Mike and I did this. We did the album roulette. But this time, you know, Jeremy and I, we, went, we actually went to the casino and we um, played the roulette wheel and... Whatever numbers came up, those were the albums. You know, we went a little bit farther this time with it. Of course, I'm joking. So, to start this off, or to before we get into our albums, we've got some beers here. And this is from Allagash Brewery. And this is the Adventure Variety Pack, because we're about to go on a musical adventure. <laughs> I think we already went on one. <laughs> We're about to describe that adventure. <laughs> yeah. The rules of this is uh, not the beer, but the albums that we have to listen to them at least twice. I have to say I only listened to the one once because that was enough for me. Cheater. But I had enough enough information there to, to be able to tell you how bad it is. There so you'll go. see. All right. Now, where is this brewery? I don't know. I listened to two of my albums at least five times. Mm -hmm. One of them got... Two and a quarter listens. I couldn't make it through a third. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we got four beers here we're going to try. We've got River Trip. 
This is a this is a Belgian style. And we got Allagash White, which is a wheat beer. We got Fine Acre. Organic golden ale. Oh god. Made from organs. Yeah. Isn't that what organic is? No. Great Woods. A dark wheat beer. Ooh. Okay. Organic is a, a different way of saying very expensive. So we're gonna try a river trip first here. Uh and hopefully this doesn't explode all over the place. <laughs> Wait, I gotta break out my handy dandy chalk here. I guess I'll just pour them off. Since, you know, we don't have video here, but there's actually the chalkboard. The flights are set up. Yeah, we have uh, flight glasses. This is this is official stuff right here. Jeremy's has a little little chalk, little blackboard yeah. panels that he can write down the beers. Mine doesn't. So I'm going to put the beers in front of mine. So I can take note of the good ones and the bad ones. Or behind them, because I think I almost spilled one last time. I like that one. That one's good. So far, that's my favorite. That's almost like a stout. Ooh, that's good. This one says brewing in Portland, Maine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I should know that. I've been the Maine a lot. Yeah. Okay. You tried to see Negan there, right? So if you're at your local beer store, I'd, I'd check out the Great Woods and Allagash White, Belgian-style wheat beer. Those two are pretty good. You could throw on yeah. a Stephen King movie and watch it and have yourself a night. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't really taste like the woods. A little disappointing, but still good. No tree sap in our beer. No. <laughs> a lot of albums came out last year. People say there's not any good music anymore. And there is good music. And there's a lot of it. And there's a lot of bad music. But think about it. Even back when I was a teen, you know, say in the late 70s, 80s, there was good and bad music. Even back then, a lot of older people, they, they get stuck on listening to what they grew up listening to, and they don't want to explore anything else. But uh, I have to say, there are some pretty good albums that came out last year. I'm going to go down this list. I haven't, we haven't listened to all these, of course. So I'm just going to, this is just to tell you what came out last year. I picked these out of all the albums, maybe something you might, you know, might want to listen to. So we got Barry Gibb came out with an album last year called Greenfields. Uh, Weezer, they come out with a lot, like two albums a year lately. I think they had Van Weezer too. Hmm. The Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Edie Burkell and the New Bohemians. Uh, that's like, that's an 80s band that I liked. Uh, Hunter and the Dog Star. And Edie Burkell is, of course, married to Paul Simon. She's been married to him a long time. White Snake, the blues album. Now, this one actually I just found out today. <laughs> this didn't come out last year, but there's a remix of this album. But I checked that one out because it's interesting because it's, it's a rock album. It's a heavy, you know, White Snake, but bluesy. So it's, it's very interesting. And uh, what's his name? David Coverdale? Mm-hmm. Still has a great voice. You know, if you like that kind of music. Actually, I saw them recently, within the last five years. Okay. And I was very impressed with mm -hmm. how good he still sounded live. I was wondering if he had the same band, or he's probably one of these people that maybe the band members are a little younger than him, because he's 
up there in age. Yeah, he's getting up there. Alice Cooper, great album, De- Detroit Stories, or Detroit Stories. Neil Young and Crazy Horse, uh, Way Down in the Rust Bucket, live, live album. The next one is, I was listening to this today again, Paul Stanley Soul Station. Paul Stanley, of course, from Kiss, and he put together this album. It's all, you know, cover songs, but, you know, a lot of, like, Smokey Robinson, a lot of standard soul, you know, classics. He's got a great band, horns, everything. And Paul's got a great voice. I mean, he he pulls it off. But I always thought Paul had a great voice. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Peter Frampton Band. And I'll talk about this a little later. Um, spoiler alert, this is actually on my list of uh, great albums from last year. And it's Peter Frampton Forgets the Words. And it's an instrumental album. Uh, we got Pink Floyd live at Nebworth from 1990. I listened to some of that. Good stuff. Uh, Juliana Hatfield, Blood. Crowded House. Now, if you remember them from the 80s. Dreamers Are Waiting. Uh, let's see. Who else we got? Oh, Inhaler. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, the lead singer is Bono's son oh, okay. from U2. Interesting. And he kind of sounds like Bono. So it sound, it kind, some of the songs kind of sound like early U2. But not exactly. Yeah, that's one I'll check out now. And <laughs> it's called It Won't Always Be Like This. Uh, the Wallflowers, who I always liked. Exit Wounds. I listened to some of that. My guilty pleasure, Halsey. <laughs> uh, if I can't have love, I want power. And this is an interesting album because it was uh, produced by Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. So it's kind of edgy, pop, but interesting. This is one I didn't listen to. Andrew W.K., I don't know if you remember um, Party Hard. Yep, sure do. And this is called God is Partying. So he's still partying. Right. He's partying with God right now. Hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tori Amos had a new album, Ocean to Ocean. Uh, Limp Biscuit, which I listened to, which I actually thought was pretty good. Still Sucks, it's called. <laughs> Eric Clapton, The Lady in the Balcony, The Lockdown Sessions. I listened to some of this. Good stuff. Uh, I'm not sure how it came about or if it was a live might be a live concert, or maybe it was a streaming concert. Sound is really good on that one. Robert Plant and Alison Krauss, Raise the Roof. That's a good one. It took them a while to come out with, that's their second album together. I think the first one was like a good 14 years ago, 15 years ago. Wow. And uh, Green Day, the BBC Sessions. Neil Young has another, Neil Young Crazy Horse. <laughs> this is a studio album, Barn. Yeah. So those are some to check out. Surprised you didn't mention Cheap Trick's album. Oh, and Cheap Trick, yes. <laughs> Is it Another World? Yep. Oh, yeah. How could I forget Cheap Trick? You also forgot the Foo Fighters. That should be on my list. Which is disappointing. Well, I don't have all the time in the world, so I like... That's all right. Just it's it's on my list, list to talk about later. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you want to go first or you want me to go first. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs>
So my first album, this is on the album roulette that we picked numbers on. Uh, we And this list, we went by uh, Paste, top 50 albums of last year. This is uh, number 41, and this is a guy named Porter Robinson called Nurture. It's his second album. Now, this is a EDM album uh, categorized as electronic, and I'm not a big fan of EDM. I guess I haven't listened to a lot. It's just... It's almost like uh, dance music, how, how I think about dance music, is that I can't really listen. You know, I guess if I was in a club, or and I know people go to these concerts where there's like a, a guy on, the sta- on stage, uh, you know, scratching records and sam- sampling stuff, and it looks really cool, you know, to be there. There's a lot of energy going on. A little bit of background on Porter Robinson. In 2011, he released his album Worlds on Skrillex's OWSLA label. And Skrillex is a big, you know, big in EDM. This guy was supposed to be, or this kid, he was 19, was supposed to be the next big thing. But he found the pressure to prove himself overwhelming when his brother was diagnosed with cancer in 2016. And he retreated into isolation. He then visited Japan. He fell in love. And he helped his brother recover. And it reignited his creative spark. I listened to his first album, uh, and it, this album's not as intense uh, with the sampling. It's a little toned down a lot from the first album. And the songs remind me of the Chainsmokers. I don't know if you ever heard of them. <laughs> not familiar. But Jeremy's favorite joke is, uh, I'm going to say, this is the Chainsmokers when you order them from Wish. <laughs> <laughs> And I only know the Chainsmokers because they did a song with Halsey. Ah, nice. So the album starts off with a song called Lifelike. Uh, It's an instrumental. It's got some piano, violin. I think it's a great intro to the album. This is most interesting. Most of the album you hear a girl singing. Sometimes she sings by herself. Sometimes she's singing with Porter. She's very prominent on the album. And I thought she sounded similar to Halsey, right? (laughs) Halsey doesn't use her voice is just the way it is. It almost sounds like her voice has effects on it, but it doesn't. That's just her voice. Well, this voice is actually Porter. Huh. It's not his woman from Tokyo. I'm like, I love this girl's voice. <laughs> and it was Porter. <laughs> yeah, he has some effects on his voice. Uh, so it sounds higher and actually feminine. It, nice. So I found that amazing that. You know, I could be fooled that that was a girl singing. And it doesn't sound like it's, I would think, anything other. Also on this album, uh, the British pop band, which I've never heard of, Caro Caro Bonito. I at first thought it was the lead singer from that band because it's a girl, but it's not. Some of the favorite songs on this of mine are Look at the Sky. Yeah, it's a little dancey, but the chorus is really addictive on this one something comforting uh it's a mild dance song and uh it's got a piano slow piano there's a there's a really nice piano part at the end too so it's a really good sounding song uh and then the song blossom very beautiful song with acoustic guitar both porter and girl porter are singing together (laughs) (laughs) so they do he does a duet with himself and this song is actually different than any of the other songs on the album there's no weird process sounds or anything maybe a little distortion on the voices but overall 
Uh, I think this is a good album for what it is. Uh, being that creative, um, these albums are created, you know, probably on a computer, like a lot of people do. And I, I was really surprised I liked anything, you know, going in that this was electronic music. You know, the only kind of electronic is like new wave, if you want to call it electronic, you know, with keyboards and synthesizers. I don't know a lot, like I said before, about EDM, but there was this person who worked with me at my print shop, and he was really into EDM music. That's all he listened to. And I do know one other band that actually, it was a long time ago I started listening. I haven't listened to them in a while, but they're called Infected Mushroom. I've heard of them. And I like their stuff because they incorporate guitar, all kinds of instruments into their music. And it's really interesting. And if you don't know much about EDM, I'd, I'd go check out Infected Mushroom and their their album called Army of Mushrooms. That's, that's the good one. Uh, 2012, it came out. So I went on YouTube to check out some of Porter Robinson's videos, which are kind of cool. But a lot of the comments say they were brought to tears listening to some of the songs on this album oh man so give it a listen see what you think so that's my uh that was my first one in our album roulette mm-hmm. and it we've got four it's 14 songs 59 minutes so it is almost an hour so okay so my first album was fiddlehead number 15 on our list mm-hmm. you know you hear a band name like that and you get a little concerned because we went into this thing blind as you said we had no idea you think fiddles yeah, well, yeah, I was very disappointed that there was not a single fiddle in the song. Huh. So Charlie Daniels and the Devil are safe. <laughs> they will not have competition. But the album was called Between the Richness. I first put it on and I texted you, actually, after I had listened to it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I get the feel of like a Blink-182, Sum 41, mm-hmm. Yellow Card, Angels and Airwaves type of vibe. The album's considered rock, which, I mean, I'm not completely surprised by that, but I kind of thought more alternative rock, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I went on to Pitchfork, who gave a review, and it said, Fiddlehead's second album doesn't stray far from the band's foundational qualities. Gruff, but approachable. Intense without being aggressive. Mm -hmm. Emo, but not emo. (laughs) And it worked. That's pretty much exactly a great... Uh, review of the album because it was it, it caught me off guard just how much I, I, I enjoyed the music mm-hmm. in a sense come to find out the band itself they they kind of formed by accident okay so they weren't even expecting to release a first album and then mm-hmm. now they're <laughs> this was actually their second album probably my only disappointment about the album is this the songs are all very short they're we're talking like three minutes and less oh, okay so Again, kind of like a Blink One Eighty Two, yeah, where all the all the songs were. Well, unless they're in, maybe they're in other bands and they don't, you know, they just kind of get together to. Yeah, to do I that. mean, I think I read they're from Massachusetts. They are from Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and they were in other bands, so that's a possibility. None of which I heard of. But. Right, I didn't hear of any of them either. That's why I wasn't gonna. But you know, doing this, um, picking these albums randomly, I think it's. I mean, we do this once a year. But we also explore new music, you know, throughout the year ourselves. But I think this, like, just opens up stuff that we normally wouldn't have been like, hey, I got to listen to this. Well, you touched on it earlier, too. I think we get so set in our ways, Mm -hmm. our comfort zone when it comes to music. Yeah. And you find yourself listening to the same stuff Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And when you do maybe finally take that chance and branch out, 
you're probably trusting what the radio is playing over and over and over again. Yeah. And you're not hearing artists that aren't covered all the time 24 seven. Or, or if a friend suggests listening to a band, right. Or maybe your favorite band, you're listening to music videos or something on YouTube and a recommendation will pop Mm -hmm. up. This band might sound similar. Yeah. But other than that, a lot of people don't explore and see this new stuff. Mm -hmm. So, when I listen to this this album, I actually listen to it at least six or seven times now. And, really? <laughs> and I would listen to it again. Yeah, it was that enjoyable. Ten songs on the CD. Longest song is four minutes and 18 seconds. Mm. Uh, shortest song was the intro. It was like 113. It has almost like an instrumental sequence similar to like a Foo Fighters fast-paced song. Mm-hmm. But then as like mellow again as like a Blink-182 song. Yeah. Uh, my favorite songs on the album were Million Times, Life Notice, and Heart to Heart. But there really wasn't a bad song on the album. For never hearing of them before, if I were to put together, let's say, 100 albums that I enjoyed, it would be somewhere maybe in the top 100. Well, what I like is if you find something you listening to for the first time, if, yeah, you find a couple songs you really like, and then, you you know, you make a playlist, especially if, you know, on Apple Music... Uh, I was surprised. I was drawn in from the first 10 seconds of the of the CD because it was just the, the beat of the music was, you know, it was right down my alley and it brought me back to my teenage years. So I really encourage people to explore a little bit. I realize people don't have Apple Music. I guess we can still say Spotify. People are hating on Spotify. Of course, we won't go into that. But, you know, maybe you have Sirius Radio, but you're not really, you can't really pick and choose on there. The one thing I like about Apple Music is there's a, there is a playlist in there called The New Rock. And it's all, it's not dance. It's not um, pop. It's actually bands, mostly bands, you know, playing instruments. <laughs> and they change it up. There's always 50 songs in there. I'll put it on shuffle. And that's how I discover some new bands. I also like if I discover a new band on Apple Music, you go down at the bottom of the page, mm-hmm. like the band's page, and it'll say similar artists. Mm-hmm. I don't know if other apps, you know, maybe they have that feature. You'll know, though, when you listen to the first couple of songs, if you're going to like it or not, by the, the music itself, the voice. The voice is a big thing. Vocals. If I, if I don't like the person's voice, I'm not listening <laughs> to anything else. So my second album is a band called Wednesday, uh, album Twin Plagues. Not it's their Tuesday. third album. What? Not Tuesday. Not Tuesday, but Wednesday. Okay. Uh, I think there is a band named, isn't there a band name? Someone commented, there's a band either named Tuesday or Thursday and that this band should tour. <laughs> with them. I don't know. There you go. Uh, so this was released August 13th. Last year, 12 songs, 34 minutes, so, you know, kind of a short album, short and sweet. The album cover, uh, the lead singer, uh, her name is Carly Hartsman. Uh, She's standing in front of some cars piled on top of each other. She's in a junkyard. So I think even the album cover uh, describes the music because her voice is like girl next door, soft, and sometimes the music is a little grungy, uh, distorted chaotic not too chaotic okay we got carly hartsman lead singer guitarist jake lenderman and then lap steel players andy chelmus bassist margo schultz and drummer alan miller 
Now, I got this from Pitchfork. Kelly Liu says, Hartsman's vocals are often submerged underneath the noise completely, crushed by its weight. And that's the one thing, uh, if there's one thing about this album that I didn't like, because I actually really like this album, is that her vocals are sometimes too low. And you can't tell what she's singing sometimes. And then uh, Kelly Lou goes on to say, occasionally she breaks through the surface in slower ballads. And I agree with that because there are some slower songs and you can hear her voice very clearly. This music is described, I don't know if you've ever heard of this term, called shoegaze. No. And I've heard it before. So for our listeners, I'm going to tell you what shoegaze music is. It's a subgenre of Indian alternative rock characterized by its <clears throat> ethereal mixture of obscured vocals, guitar distortion and effects, feedback and overwhelming volume. So the name comes from the heavy use of effects pedals as the performers were often looking down at their pedals during concerts, you know, switching pedals, shoegaze. Hmm. It's, it's kind of literal there. So some standout songs on this album are Handsome Man, Blaring guitars, uh, Carly's voice kind of evens everything out. Uh, reminds me of Throwing Muses, 90s band, and The Breeders. Now, I messaged Carly on Instagram, and she was kind enough to give us permission to play some of this song so our listeners can hear what most of the album sort of sounds like. So we're going to play part of that song right now. Okay, so some other songs, the Burn Down Dairy Queen, I like the title of that song, and it parts of the song remind me of Weezer's song, Say It Ain't So. The song Cliff, kind of mellow, singing, and then guitars kind of rip into the chorus, and her voice actually gets a little louder. So, And then this song, this title of this song is interesting. How can you live if you can't love how you can you if you do? And this is actually a kind of a sweet country sounding song, which has a, a steel guitar in it. And this song, I have to say, doesn't sound like it belongs on the album, but it's actually my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite songs on the album, mm. if not my favorite. Then there's a song called Gary's. The song starts out slow, just acoustic, electric, great vocal hook in the song, the way she sings the, uh, the verses. And she's accompanied by a male singer. Maybe Jake, I don't know. And by the end of the song, uh, you hear distorted guitar, and there's a nice guitar solo towards the end, too. So that's, that's a really good, solid song. And one thing I have to say, uh, you know, I pay for Apple Music. Of course, they don't endorse the podcast, but any, anything we mention here, including the beer, you know, we're not getting paid. <laughs> it's just something we enjoy. But one thing I was thinking of today is it would be great if they had, like, the liner notes, which they don't, on Apple Music. You know, when you get a vinyl album, even now, even the newer ones, 
a lot of them have the lyrics. And then you get to see who produced the album, who plays what, who sings what. Sometimes that's interesting when you listen to a song and just kind of get to know the names of who's doing what. I mean, a lot of band, older bands, we know who they are. I mean, if the Rolling Stones put out an album, we're not you know, like, who's singing that? <laughs> <laughs> Their core sound is distorted guitars. And I, I would say Harley has like the girl next door voice. Um, and she sounds pretty similar to Kristen Hirsch from Throwing Muses. And like I said, it reminded me of that. I was, I was going to rate these albums. I, I rated the, I think the first one I talked about, I think I gave that maybe a, maybe a five because I like half the songs. This I'll kind of give an eight, maybe even a nine. So check this one out. It's a band called Wednesday, Twin Plagues. If you like, like I said, kind of the breeders kind of sound. Throwing Muses, that kind of, you know, grungy guitar. Well, I mean, if we're rating the albums, my last one would have easily been 9 out of 10. <clears throat> okay. The, the fiddlehead there. My second album that I pulled on the music roulette was Katie Kirby, Cool Dry Place. It was in at 33. The album is 28 minutes and 17 seconds long. Hmm. She's got a beautiful voice. She was originally from Texas, relocated to Nashville, I believe, for school. So... My instant thought was country music. It was not. The album itself is considered rock and pop. I mean, I don't know that I gathered that from the album. It was very, very soft. <laughs> she has a beautiful voice. The one impression that the album left on me is that it almost felt empty. Mm -hmm. The tracks were so short that they felt like they were incomplete. Okay. So it almost felt like the song was ending and it felt as though it had just begun in a sense. Like... It was cut way too short, if that makes sense. Oh, so the songs were short. Yes. Not that the songs were incomplete. Like a demo. I don't know. They, they, they could have gone on longer. Yeah, they just didn't feel like they were complete songs. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> weird. And as I was listening to it, it's like, okay, now I'm starting to get into it. And it was fading out and going on to the next song. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's that was, I don't know. <laughs> it didn't feel like it ended. There was one song, though, that I really, really enjoyed, and of course, the rest of the internet did too, of course, when I did some <laughs> research, but it's called Traffic. It's got a music video that's online, it's available to mm -hmm. watch. Uh, very upbeat, peppy song, had her voice, she still had like that soft feel to it, but it had a more energetic feel based on the guitar and some of the background music that was going on. I was trying to find artists to compare her to which was very difficult because of how soft it was one that came to mind was Alanis Morissette mm -hmm. the later years when she toned things down and mm -hmm. became very mellow <laughs> when I looked up some names online there were a lot of people that I don't know mm -hmm. Marina Allen was a comparison I don't know Kate Davis Becca Mancari Leslie Mendelson. Michael Cormier, a lot of people that I, I didn't know. So it, it was a challenge to kind of find something to compare it to other than, mm -hmm. like I said, a, a kind of mellowed out. Yeah, they might be newer artists to compare yeah, them to. Yeah, and she's a younger girl. So if I had to give the album a rating, I'd say maybe a 5 out of 10. And okay. not so much because I was disappointed, but mm -hmm. more so because I was left kind of wanting more. I listened to this one. Three or four times. Is it a full band or is it just guitar or just... Um, no, she's got... There's a ton of different people listed here, okay. which is why I'd, I wasn't yeah. going to go through, but... But I mean, just instrumentally, like drums, guitar. Yeah, yeah no, there's guitar, okay. there's drums, there's um, 
a lot of mixing going on. Okay. So I think it's, you know, studio created at points too, Mm -hmm. but I would give the next album a listen. I hope that maybe the tracks are a little bit longer so that she can kind of show off her voice for a longer period of time as opposed to just starting to get into your song and then boom, just it ends. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Traffic was a really good one. And then the other song that I enjoyed was Secret Language. This, like I said, this list is from Paste Magazine. Last year, we went off Rolling Stone. So we kind of avoided a lot of the popular (laughs) stuff, like a lot of the rap albums, the Katy Perry's. We get more into the alternative and more, maybe even more creative, lesser known artists. I also think it's great if, if you really listen to something like this and they're doing a tour that you can see these, the, these bands in little clubs, little places. Yep, those are know. some of the best shows you can see. Yeah. Honestly. Because once someone becomes huge and, you know, like Olivia Rodrigo, you're going to Madison Square Garden. She's like a little ant on the stage. And, you know, yeah, you're there and you like the music, but there's nothing like a small venue to see someone up close or sort of up close. So, so I saved the worst for last. And this is, this, this was unbelievably voted number eight on Pace Magazine. I don't know what happened. (laughs) I think they wrote down the wrong album. I think it got mixed up with something else. I I just don't know how it got to number eight. Uh, We got 12 songs and 39 minutes of torture. Now I have to say, I just don't understand how anyone can listen to the it it this is under metal but it's more like speed metal hardcore i've seen them described as uh hardcore punk it's definitely not punk and the band is the armed and the name of the album is ultra pop nothing pop about this album now this album is on a lot of metal lists now on loudersound.com uh this album was 50 out of 50 so that sounds about right. As far as, like, in their category of metal, this is the worst <laughs> of metal. I noticed one of the top metal albums of last year is Iron Maiden. They were number four. Which is interesting because I don't consider them metal. I mean, I guess I can see it, but I don't know. I always thought they were just hard rock. Yeah, I don't know. Some of these genres, they, they categorize people. It's, it's a little uh, iffy on it's, some it's of It's a these. strange crossover sometimes. So this is a Detroit-based band. Now, there's something interesting about this band is because they, when they first came out, they, and this is, I don't know what album this is of theirs, they didn't want anyone to know who they were. Hmm. And it sort of reminds me of the band, I think they're called Gorillaz. Yes, great they band. they had cartoon characters. Yep. Even when they played live, they had some holograms or I don't know how they did it. Feel Good Inc. or whatever was their big one that they yeah. were doing that. So they even falsified press releases and photos featuring models standing in for whoever's behind. Now, this person says, uncommonly catchy and charismatic strain of hardcore punk. And again, this is very far from, I know it, I know it says hardcore punk, but there's no punk about this. Now, one, one genre I don't really listen to is like metal, like the he- heavy metal, like. And especially speed metal, 
you know, I never understood, and I know maybe I'm sounding like an old guy, but I don't think I am. I mean, I, maybe there's a lot of people out there that agree, and I know Jeremy probably does. These bands that play as fast as they can, and they just scream into the microphone. You can't even tell what they're they're saying. And again, I'm not sound. Maybe I'm sounding like an old guy, but I never like I never understood that. And maybe it's the energy and the slam dancing and the you know all of that. Like you're in in the moment, and it's just an adrenaline rush. I'm yeah. thinking maybe. So I'm gonna go through like I like to do on the the worst album. I like to go through everything, and we'll try and do this quickly. <laughs> The first song is actually called Ultra Pop. Uh, heavy bass, electronic sounds, chimes. Second song, All Futures. Now, I noticed the lead singer kind of sounds like Marilyn Manson. Oh, okay. But Marilyn Manson kind of meets Rob Zombie as far as, especially the second song. Now, track three, Masunga Vapors. Now, this one, there's track two and three go in kind of into each other. And there's a lot of noise. It's just noise. At, at this point, I'd rather be sitting in a dentist chair, you know, and I, and I hate the dentist. So number four, A Life So Wonderful. Now we're back to somewhat normal beat, fast. The lyrics you just can't understand. Uh, number five, An Irritation. Now the whole album should have been called An Irritation. I think <laughs> it starts with some feedback. Sounds like a cat was just sitting on a, a you know, the drum machine button. <laughs> Have you seen this happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the, the drum machine was just going bonkers. You know, the cat sitting up there. Then it becomes a little melodic. I guess the cat, you know, left the room. And again, the guy sounds like Marilyn Manson on this one. Number six, Big Shell. Now, now we have a girl and I'm pretty sure it's not the lead singer changing his voice. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> now she's screaming something, a lot of noise. You know, it's like they ran the instruments through a wood chipper or something while they were playing them. By the end of the song, the girl sounds like she's also being put through the wood chipper, screaming and <laughs> number seven, average death, just fast, noisy again. Uh, almost gave me a seizure, I have to say. <laughs> I'm serious. I have this hearing problem with my one ear and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, was going out of my mind. And at one point, I, I don't know what happened. I think I went on Amazon and I actually purchased my own wood chipper. Nice. Yeah. So obviously there's some subliminal messages in this song. They might have um, stock in wood chippers. I don't know. <laughs> and then it goes right into the next song, as if we needed two songs like this. Number eight, Faith and Medication. So at this point, I feel like I'm being tortured in, into giving out some top secret information, you know, to the Russian mafia. My wife finds me on the kitchen floor, and I don't know what happened. So then I, I got back up and started listening to this again. I don't know why. But number nine, Where Man Knows What, starts out kind of slow. Kind of reminded me of Ministry. And then it's like fast and furious and then slow again. This reminded me of the movie Twister, you know, <laughs> where, where it starts out, you know, slow. And then the, the tornado's coming, right? And when, you're in, when I saw this in the theater... The seats are rumbling, yep. and then, oh, the calm. And then, then it starts up again, you know. So number 10, real folk blues. There's no folk, no blues, of course. <laughs> now, the girl is back, and she's screaming again. And I was so happy to find out she was still alive, because I thought she went through the wood chipper. And by the end of the song, I'm serious, it sounds like they're having a seance. <laughs> 11, bad selection. I could actually make out the words on this one. So that was the best selection. Yeah, the guy and girl are, are singing. And this song sort of had a melody to it. 
And this is probably the best of the worst on this album. And then number 12, the music becomes a skull. And I'm thinking as in Skull Island, Jeremy. Because uh -huh. the drum beat was like, you know, in King Kong, where they're trying to get him to come out of the jungle. Mm -hmm. And it starts to speed up a little bit. And I swear I hear Godzilla. I'm not lying. <laughs> There's a sound like Godzilla, maybe some pterodactyls. And this was a short one at 2 minutes and 38 seconds. And the last song. I don't know. What can I say? This album was... <laughs> You've said quite a, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's daring enough, the armed ultra pop, and I give this a minus 20 out of 10. <laughs> and we usually, usually have a bad one. At least uh, they weren't all bad. And I think Jeremy's got one more. Yeah. And ironically, my, so I did mine in the order that we pulled Oh, Jeremy them. saved his worst for last. Yes. Time. Yes. But I did them in the order they were given to us. Fiddlehead was first. That was the first okay. on the roulette yeah. wheel. Okay. Katie Kirby was second. My third one was number 50 on the list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Jim saw the picture and I saw the picture. And I had instant terror run through my body. <laughs> because if you look at this picture, there's a guy who's like wrapped up in gauze mm -hmm. with a grill in his mouth. <laughs> and these gold yeah. rings on all of his fingers. Mm -hmm. And not a charcoal grill. <laughs> no. The musician's name is Genesis Owusu. Album is called Smiling With No Teeth. <laughs> at least he has teeth on he, the album. He cover. does have. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, they're, they're there. All right, let me... I, I tried to give this a fair chance, and I did listen to it twice. Twice, wow. It wasn't the worst album that I've ever heard in my life. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of rap, so I was very concerned that this was going to be very heavily influenced with rap lyrics, or, you know, maybe vulgarity, or disturbing lyrics, something to that extent. Mm -hmm. Pleasantly surprised that... The lyrics were clean. The music was pretty clean. Um, it wasn't nothing but rap. Looked it up, and believe it or not, this has several genres. Alternative R&B, experimental hip-hop, neo-soul, <laughs> rap rock, and experimental rock. Hmm. Album is 53 minutes and 54 seconds. There were five singles hmm. off of this album. At the 2021... ARIA Music Awards, the album one album of the year. Wow. Best hip hop release and best independent release. Owusu was nominated for best artist. This guy is Australian, by the way. I don't think okay. I mentioned that. So I found that to be interesting. But then at the J Awards of, two, of 2021, the album won the Australian album of the year. Uh, in Australia, the album debuted at number three on the vinyl albums chart. And number five on the ARIA Top 20 Australian Albums chart. The music itself was interesting. Okay. Uh, I would not say rock at any point was in mm -hmm. this album, but I also wouldn't say it was rap. How's his voice? His yeah. voice was actually okay. Okay. You could understand the lyrics. You can mm -hmm. understand him. And he wasn't... It was weird. There's this one track where it sounds like Barry Manilow comes in with like this super, super deep voice. Oh, really? Or like <laughs> but, Barry White? Maybe. Yeah, somebody. Yeah. And then... But then there's another point where you just hear kind of this high pitch. And it's like, what the heck was that? Uh -huh. But the music is mixing in a way... And I haven't been to a dance club in a long time. But I mm -hmm. almost feel like some of these songs are probably featured... At like rave parties yeah. or you know something to that extent because it had that beat to it and it had that kind of lyrical rhyme that wasn't rap but mm -hmm. you could get into and dance and move your hips yeah and 
just kind of get into it enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe like EDM like that. Probably. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not familiar with EDM. You know, one thing I like about that music, I, I saw, I don't know who it was, but I, there was a music channel they got got rid of through Comcast, but I think it was called Axis, and they used to play a lot of live concerts. But one thing I liked, and I think it would be cool if you were there, is when everything drop. they say it drops, I guess. And it's the coolest thing, like hearing the music just drop out and then pick up again. I don't know. That, that's why I'm saying I don't totally hate it. I'm just not into it. But maybe if I was younger, I think it'd be cool to go to, because there's so much energy in people dancing around. So maybe this guy, you know, does some of that. It, yeah. I, mean, I know, you know, Shaq is um, a DJ. Shaq is everywhere now. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. He's but, playing some festival. I mean. He, he goes by Diesel. I'm not making... <laughs> I mean, he's on every other commercial on the TV now. He's, he's everywhere. But he, he's, he's, I guess, up there sampling music and scratching records and stuff. Interesting. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if, if he's I some heavy-duty to... turntable, I think, for Shaq. Yeah. There was uh, 15 yeah. tracks on this CD. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick a favorite or two, I would say Centerfold was one that was decent that I listened to and enjoyed. And then there was another one. Oh, the Jay Giles song? Yeah. (laughs) Then there was another one called Easy. The album wasn't bad, as I said. I'm trying to be fair. I probably would have rated it three and a half, four out of ten. More so because it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. Not so much that it was something that isn't worth giving a listen Mm -hmm. to if that's your... Yeah, even if it's something you don't listen to, you can tell how maybe creative the person was in putting it all together. The stuff you do on on your laptop or computer, these music programs, not just pushing a couple buttons, you get a song. You actually have to put some, you have to have an ear for even that stuff. Yep. Okay, so now we're going to talk about albums that we really liked from last year. My first album is Juliana Hatfield, Blood. Now, Juliana, she was pretty big in the 90s. Uh, She's from the Boston, Massachusetts area. This album is a little unlike her other albums, and believe it or not, this is her 19th studio album. Last couple years, she put out some cover albums, which, which were pretty good. Olivia Newton-John cover album and The Police. So this one, this one's a little dark. Her voice is kind of a voice I I, I like in music. It's kind of pixie-ish, <laughs> kind of I want to say chipmunk, not that high, right? But cute voice. So what I found most interesting is this album was recorded in her home, and also her collaborator, his name is jed davis his home in connecticut she said during self-isolation i took the opportunity to finally learn how to record into my laptop so this is a little different because she normally goes into the studio to record uh she said that's how this album came to be she said i did more 
then half the work in my room with Jed helping me to troubleshoot the technology and helping with building and arranging some of the songs. And then she did finish additional overdubs uh, with a mixing engineer, uh, James Bridges, at a studio in Somerville, Massachusetts. She says, I think these songs are a reaction to how seriously and negatively a lot of people have been affected by the past four years. But it's fun musically. There's a lot of playing around. I didn't really have a plan when I started the project. So I just love this album. The first song, uh, The Shame of Love, this is just a, I say, a chunky beast of a song, uh, guitar distortion. Before it goes into the chorus, there's some like, how can I say it? like weird modulation of the guitar where it's going in and out, in and out. It's just like sonic, you know, going into the chorus. And the chorus is kind of mellow. It's weird to hear, you know, this heavy sound with her voice, with her beautiful voice. So that's the first song. That, that's one of the songs I like. I, I, I like the whole album. There's another song called, it's got a weird name, Gorgon. There's some syncopated keyboard sounds that start off the song. Uh, great lyrics. And this is kind of a fun song compared to the first song. Then we get into some dark songs. Had a Dream. And this is a, <laughs> this is a song about dreaming about doing bad things to someone. So I've had some, I, I've had many dreams, you know, as you probably have, Jeremy, good and bad, weird ones. Yep. But I, know, I don't think I ever had a dream where I actually thought about murdering someone. You know, maybe she's watching a lot of horror movies, but we both do anyway. But this is kind of a murder song, I'd say. And I also think if Marilyn Manson did this song, he'd kind of change the song not to be about a dream, but you know, maybe actually happening. So You're on a Marilyn Manson kick tonight. Yeah, I am. So here's some of the lyrics. I had a dream, a dream last night, and in my dream I had a knife. I stuck the knife into your neck and I pulled it out and stabbed you again. And then she repeats, it was a very American dream. Then it gets a little, it gets even worse. I was four horses as you were quartered. Then I was a machine, I was a rotating blade coming to saw you in half as you lay strapped down on the table on your back. (laughs) Now, this is something I don't agree with. Uh, This is from Flood Magazine, Misha Perlman. Of course, this is from May 2021. She says there are also undoubtedly parallels to be drawn between the song's title and subject matter and Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous 1963 speech. I don't know where she's getting this. You know, just from the title, I had a dream. I don't think Martin Luther King (laughs) was dreaming about this stuff. Uh, then we have uh, track seven is Chunks, and it's got an interesting like washboard kind of guitar sound. I, I think it's a guitar, not an actual washboard. <laughs> and this is another one. Uh, the lyrics are, why can't you be nice? Why are you so rude? One of these days you are going to push someone over the line. Then she goes into all these things she imagines happening to this person. She says, someone's going to kick you in the head. Someone's going to choke you out. Someone's going to smash your teeth. Someone's going to burn down your house. So kind of dark, dark stuff here. She always was a little bit on the edge, a little angry sometimes, but also, you know, she has some nice songs too. Number eight is Mouthful of Blood. Uh, This is actually a nice poppy, melodic song. It's about holding back saying what you really want to say in fear of offending someone. Uh, So this is in line with, you know, things that go on today with, especially if you're a celebrity where you can't actually say what you're thinking. 
some things maybe you shouldn't say that you're thinking. Right. So it's mouthful of blood as in I bite my tongue, a mouthful of blood that's in the song. So again, I think this is one of her best albums and a lot of creativity in the lyrics, but it's it's creativity, her sweet voice, and also the, the music uh, kind of not chaotic in that metal album I listened to. Kind of even... Uh, verging on grunge, um, sort of like that. I, lo- I always love the, gu- uh, the guitar sounds on her albums. But this album has, I, I put down, has some dirt and blood to it than her past albums. I also found that uh, interesting that she basically plays all the instruments on this album. Oh, wow. I think the first song someone else is uh, playing maybe one of the instruments. I do have this album. I have a limited edition there's only 250 made, uh, red splatter, of course, yeah. apropos. But I like that I can sit there, you know, like when I was a lot younger, you know, you put an album on and you sit there and read the lyrics and you can also see who worked on each song. So if you want to check out Juliana Hatfield, I don't know if I check this one out first. You might want to go in kind of easy. Not that this is very, like, it, it, like again, it, it's not heavy metal. It's not... But it's a little heavier than her other albums. But I check out Only Everything, which came out in 1995. And even her album of Olivia Newton-John songs, just to get a feel for her voice and, and what she's about. So, so I give this actually uh, almost a 10 out of 10. I'd probably give it a 10 out of 10. I really like this album. Right. So, there you yeah. go. So one of my first albums coming into 2021 was uh, Hellbound by Buck Cherry. And I had I was going to see them live uh, at the Sherman Theater. So of course I had pre-ordered both the album and the CD mm-hmm. CD to listen to in the car. The album just to have um, it was signed. So I collect. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. Collect autographs. I was kind of looking forward to Buck Cherry's kind of to see if if they were still going to have the same sound that they've had for twenty plus years, mm-hmm. or was it going to be something different? <clears throat> because other than Josh Todd. The rest of the band is is basically new. And by okay. new, I mean within the last 10 years. They're not the original members. And one of the members that, or one of the people they worked with on the song, uh, on the entire album, I apologize, is Mark Fredrickson, mm-hmm. who's basically like the sixth member of Aerosmith. And there is a song on the album called Gun, where you have a very harmonica-driven, similar to Steven Tyler, of course, they put their own twist on it, so it's it's yeah, you know yeah. it sounds like Buck Cherry, not. But it was really cool to hear because it was so different to what they typically do. And that's a song he wrote, or he, yep. yeah. So yeah, you got the influence of Aerosmith. So you got the influence of Aerosmith, yeah. but they put their own twist on it, and mm-hmm. they were able to kind of create something unique to their sound. Yeah, I loved it. The other songs on the album Five Four Three Two One starts off really. Kind of, I don't want to say hard, but like medium range rock type song. But then, you know, Josh has a very kind of rough, edgy voice. So he gives it, gives the song that edge. And the second song, So Hot, was the big single that was out at the time. That's just a very upbeat song. You have Hellbound, Gun, No More Lies, Here I Come, Junk, Wasting No More Time, the way and barricade so hot one of the things that was interesting about that it was a bit of a mid-paced like immigrant song from led zeppelin Uh (laughs) uh-huh so i mean it's not a direct 
knockoff or theft of it or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, if you kind of put yourself into, okay, Gun is Aerosmith influence. Mm-hmm. You've got a Zeppelin influence. Buck Cherry always has a lot of ACDC influence mm-hmm. in their songs. <laughs> so for me, you're capturing a lot of my favorite bands. And then they were able to add in like a, a Tom Petty, Black Crows, Leonard Skinner, Beatles type of feel to their other songs mm-hmm. throughout the album. And what you had was something that didn't get redone again for the 10th time or yeah. you know whatever album release this was. And I like all of their albums. I'm not saying they're bad. But even as much as I love ACDC, you, you can start to get that repetitive feel each time yeah. they put out an album. Yeah, you know, there's a quote, and I'm going to not quote it exactly, but Angus Young, a journalist or something, said to him, he's like, you've got, say, something like 19 albums out and they all sound the same. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, we have 20 albums out and they all sound the same because the guy <laughs> got the number wrong. Right. You know, right. <laughs> so he even. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I think I, that was something that I loved about this album was that it was different than what they had released. But it was still within their genre mm-hmm. of typical music. Yeah. So you didn't get that same repetitive feel. You got something a little newer, but old, like class, not old, but classic mixed in with that new. Well, maybe sometimes when bands, I don't know how new the band is on the new album, but, you know, sometimes new people have different music that inspires them mm-hmm. that they bring into. Not that they all wrote the songs, but even the guitar playing, bass playing. Maybe someone came up with a, a riff that was inspired by something they liked. Right. Where the the other band members from years ago had a different feel. So maybe that's why. Yeah. You have different people. You have a different uh, different types of songs. This was one of those albums I was really looking forward to it. So I was hoping that you know I wouldn't get that anticipation to be let down. I, I wasn't. I'd probably give it an 8.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect, but yeah. very, very good album. Very enjoyable still out in the car like it's one that i'll you know switch over to every fifth sixth and they're considered like hard rock something like that yeah they're like a rock hard rock type band yeah they opened for acdc aerosmith all kinds of different rock bands throughout the 90s so yeah so my next one is peter frampton and i know jeremy big peter Frampton frampton so peter frampton put out an album last year and it's all instrumental called Frampton Forgets the Words. On the cover is a vintage typewriter. And as a pun on the title, uh, a blank sheet of paper is inside the machine. I've had this album when it came out. I have the signed, you know, I ordered the signed edition, which I can kind of understand. They send you actually two album covers because I guess the actual album is put together or uh, at the recording or the uh, record plant or whatever. Right, and sealed. And sealed. So yeah. they give you an extra album cover that's signed. Frampton said uh, when he announced the album that my guitar is also a voice and I've always enjoyed playing my favorite vocal lines that we all know and love. These tracks are my great band and me playing tribute to the original creators of this wonderful music. So much fun to do, and I really hope you enjoy it too. Now, this is uh, Frampton's 18th studio album, and it was released on April 23rd, 2021. And this is a follow-up, and I got to check this other album out, his 2019 album of blues covers. Um, I think it's called All Blues. Some sad news is that, you know, 
Peter Frampton, he was diagnosed. I don't know if you know this, Jeremy. In, inclusion body. Yep. My so my citus. I'm going to say that wrong. In 2014. So eventually, Peter Frampton unfortunately won't be able to play anymore. So he's he's had a burst of work uh, in response to this. So he can get out what he can before it's too late. So this album uh, reflects Frampton's early career collaborators and friends like David Bowie, George Harrison. Uh, also, his fondness for Motown, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, and more recent songs by artists such as Roxy Music and Lenny Kravitz, Alison Krauss, even Radiohead. So this album was recorded in uh, early 2019, part of an intensive period of recording that began in October 2018, uh, following their tour with Steve Miller, uh, which also produced their album All Blues and a second blues album and a half a solo album. Uh, check those out. You know, everybody thinks of Peter Frampton, and they instantly go to the Frampton Comes Alive live album, and they don't realize that he's got so many other good albums out there. I will never forget, I forget what the album was called now, but he did a cover of the Beatles' My Gu- Gently My Guitar Weeps. My Guitar Gently Weeps. There you go. That's what I was going for. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. I encourage everybody to listen to this song because it is one of my favorite covers and you never hear it anywhere. Is that when, was that a while ago? It was, yeah. I mean, I got that album for Christmas when I was a kid. So at least 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Watch the video for uh, Reckoner, which is a Radiohead song. And it's pretty interesting video. Uh, We see Peter writing in a notebook and on the page at the top, all it says is, was it worth it? And then he rips out the page and crumples it up, and he smiles. There's a necklace featured in this video that he's wearing. I, I don't know the whole story. Eventually in the video, he throws the necklace into a lake. But this song is one of my favorites. It's a Radiohead song. And let's mention the band, because it, this, the band also is, is pretty incredible. We got Adam Lester, guitars. Glenn Worf, bass Rob Arthur, electric piano, uh, various uh, Hammond organ, uh, and Don, and I'm going to say this name wrong, Wojciechowski on drums. So here are some of the songs. Uh, if You Want Me to Stay by Sly Stone. Of course, Reckoner, I just mentioned. One of the songs I really like was Avalon. It's by Brian Ferry. Uh, we got Isn't It a Pity, George Harrison. We got a Stevie Wonder song, I Don't Know Why. Are You Going to Go My Way? I mean, who doesn't know that? And then um, Loving the Alien, David Bowie. Just a great interpretation. And these songs aren't exact, of course. You're going to hear the basis of the song, but you're going to hear it in Peter Frampton's you know, way. And like I said, the band's incredible. Uh, it's worth a listen. Uh, so that's Frampton Forgets the Words. Uh, I think it was under uh, you know, everyone's radar. You know, and Peter Frampton... You know, you don't see him. He's not one of these people you see on, uh, you know, shows on TV and even being interviewed. And I mean, maybe he did some interviews for this album. I don't know. But Peter Frampton still has it. I, I've seen him. I'm sure Jeremy's seen him. Uh, I've seen him seven times. Wow. <laughs> that was my first ever yeah. concert. He opened for Journey. I saw him with B.B. Uh, King and I saw him with Cheap Trick. So both of those shows, really good. And the, the Cheap Trick one, I had front row seats. It's sad, but my, my wife and son, my son was, I don't know, 12, 13. 
I wish he was in the music more. I've said this before, but, uh, you know, he could care less. My wife, it was at a casino. So my wife and him went, and there's a mall there too. My son didn't go to a casino, but they just, they didn't sit in for Peter Frampton. Wow. So I, I was sitting in the front row just watching the greatness of Peter Frampton. So. Yeah. I got to see him one time with a, a band named Nils Lofgren. Yeah. That was my favorite show of Peter Frampton. Well, Nils Lofgren is uh, in the E Street Band. Okay. Yeah, well, Bruce Bruce Springsteen. Well, see, I didn't yeah. even know that. Mm -hmm. I was super young at the time, but they were really good, and that kind of explains now why they closed out with Because of the Night. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, I think Nils Lofgren is a guitar player. Yes. Yeah. And they were great. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who they were, but they were great. And then Frampton came on, and of course, Frampton's always full of energy, and he was fantastic, mm -hmm. and... That that is the show that stands out to me of Peter Frampton. I to, hope I hope he tours. Uh, I mean, you and I can go go see him. We'll definitely enjoy it. Yeah, you know? I heard that he was shutting down tours though because of the, you know, what he's dealing with with the health. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I hope that's not true, but no. My stepdad has never seen him, and he wants to. Rating for that album? Oh no, yeah, maybe. Well, these are these are my favorites. Like, well, the, I'm gonna give Frampton a ten. Too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I have the vinyl. I have a really good stereo and a really good chair. So I just, I sit there, I turn the lights out. And if I listen to it, uh, I mean, it'd still be good on my phone, but I got the whole experience in it. It's an incredible album. And, and, and a lot of people, I don't think, take the time to listen to instrumental albums, unless it's jazz. Give some time to, the, to this album. There you go. Yeah. So my second album actually brought me back to high school. <laughs> uh, the Offspring, mm -hmm. Let the Bad Times Roll. It was their first release in nine years. It, it took me right back almost immediately because it was just so energetic and upbeat from start to finish. Are they, you got to keep them separate? That's, yep, that's one of their songs, <laughs> yeah. Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Yeah. yeah, no, I like The Offspring. Yeah, no, no, why don't you get a job? So the album itself, I, I guess the one thing... If there was a negative to it for me, it was only 33 minutes long. So you've got 12 yeah. tracks, but it's only 33 minutes. Yeah, after so. seven years. Yeah. Aren't there, their songs are pretty short to begin with. They are think. typically, yes. But but you think they do maybe do more songs after seven years? Nine years. Who knows? Nine years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nine years. You know, some of these bands, even though they only put out an album, they have a big period of time before, you know, from one album to another. Uh, you have to think that they're still playing shows, doing the old songs. I guess if you have a lot, over the years, if you have a lot of money, you do other stuff. Yeah, I don't know too much about them as far as, you know, if they were touring, uh, you know, keeping busy. You know, maybe they were touring a lot and didn't, or didn't even think of, you know, putting out, you know, a new album. The Offspring actually, actually fired their drummer, Pete Parada, for, oh, okay. for not vaccinating. Oh, okay. So, I mean, <laughs> that's just an interesting little tidbit. Is but that I, their original drummer? Do you know? I don't know. They've probably had some changes. I would assume. They've been other around than, <laughs> Other than Noodles. I know he's been there okay, forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the songs themselves, they start off, there's a song called This Is Not Utopia. It's very upbeat, like I said, energetic, but it goes into Let the Bad Times Roll, which is just a very catchy song. Mm -hmm. Instead um, of Let the Good Times Roll. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's a great song. Coming for you is a great song. We never have sex anymore is a hilarious song that's mm -hmm. just so true about life. It's mm -hmm. like you know going through the marriage and just the emptiness of mm -hmm. you know 
we never have sex anymore. <laughs> and it's just a happy-go-lucky song about something that's just so depressing. It, mm-hmm. It's funny. And then what I really loved is they slowed down their hit song, Gone Away. So that was, I don't know, back in like 2009, maybe. That song came out and it was one of their bigger songs. Well, they, they totally slowed it down and almost turned it into a ballad. So, you know, mentally, you're playing this hard rock, fast, upbeat song, and you're listening to it super slowed down. Oh, okay. It's, it's like syncing up Dark Side of the Moon with The Wizard of Oz or something. Oh, that it, reminded me of something. When I put the Frampton, the Frampton album, by the way, is, is two, it's two albums, two vinyl. Mm-hmm. And, it's, it, and it's only like, I don't know, 10 songs. Right, maybe twelve. Right. So I'm thinking they make vinyl now that are 45 speed. So I actually thought, <laughs> and it's actually not 45 speed. And I started playing it like it was playing faster. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this doesn't sound. <laughs> <laughs> the album was actually supposed to release earlier than it did, but it got pushed back due to COVID and everything else. Mm-hmm. This one for me was another one of those where I was anticipating the release, mm-hmm. had it pre-ordered. And just hoping to not let be be let down, and I was not disappointed at all. Uh, I'd give it at least nine out of ten. I don't know, tens are hard to get for me because okay. you got to have like a perfect album. Yeah, and I can listen to it top to bottom over and over and over again. But thirty three, I need more than thirty three minutes. Come mm-hmm. on, Offspring, I want more. Mm-hmm. But if they release another mm-hmm. album, they got me hooked. So. Well, that's like Billy Idol. That released an EP with what four like, songs? Yeah, and I wanted more. <laughs> yes, you know that yep. was not enough. My next album is uh, Liz Fair. I don't know if you've heard of her. I have not. Okay, she was big in the '90s. This album's called Soberish. Came out June 4th last year. It's her seventh studio album, but the first since 2010. So it's been 11 years. And she's been around since the 90s, and this is her seventh album. So, you know, she doesn't put out albums uh, that often. Back in the 90s, she was pretty well known for her dirty lyrics. She had kind of that edge. So there's one song on here, which is kind of on the borderline. Most of the songs are, or all of the songs, you know, there's nothing raunchy or nothing, anything like that. They're pretty well written, the lyrics. But there is one song called Bad Kitty. And I really don't think, I don't really don't know if she's talking about her pet cat. So <laughs> the album starts out with a song called Spanish Doors. And it is a song about, I think it's a song about divorce, breakup. And the song kind of sounds like Haim. There's a couple songs on here that, where she sounds like the band Haim. Layered vocals, good beat. Hey Lou is probably my favorite song. And it's uh, sort of a, about Lou Reed and Laurie Anderson but kind of fictionalized what it might have been like to be around Lou Reed. They went to a party and she talks about him talking about Andy Warhol again or maybe saying some bad things about him. <laughs> it's just an odd song. But, and it also reminds me of a, Suzanne Vega had an album out called 99.9 Fahrenheit. It sounds like a song that could have been off, off of there, uh, just the way it, it sounds, the beat. Liz Ferris says about this song, have you ever wondered what love looks like for your favorite celebrity couple behind closed doors? Interesting song. Now her music is kind of, it's kind of mild, nothing heavy. She's got a really good voice. Again, like girl next door voice, kind of one vocal range. You know, it's alternative music. And then it's called In There and Good Side. Uh, it sounds like Haim, of course. Uh, 
again. I really like this album. I, I did listen to it when it came out, and I just listened to it again the other day. It's a good, solid album. I'd probably give this like a 7 or 8. I'm not going to give this a 10. She's an acquired taste. It's, it's hard to describe. They're not straightforward songs, like pop songs. Lyrically, great. And if you like Haim, Suzanne Vega, even I'd even say Joni Mitchell, you know, going way back, you'll like this album. So again, Liz Fair, P-H-A-I-R, and it's called Soberish. Well, my last one is Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen, mm-hmm. which I had told you about this. I pre-ordered this album as well. But this was more of a curiosity than anything else because I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't know what he brought to the table other than he's Eddie Van Halen's son. Uh, this was the debut album, Curiosity, more than anything else. 58 minutes long. The origins can be traced back to 2013 when he finished the A Different Kind of Truth tour with the band Van Halen. He began working on his own music at that time. So this album actually completed in 2018. Mm -hmm. It wasn't released until last year. For the opening track, it's called Mr. Ed. He used the original electro-harmonics micro-synthesizer that his father used in the 1981 track Sunday Afternoon in the Park. He used his father's original Frankenstrat guitar for the solos on the songs Mammoth and Feel, which are both songs I highly recommend. And the album cover features a painting by American painter John Brazio. Yeah, the album cover is cool. Yeah. It's like a giant crab or something. It is, yes. It's a giant crab terrorizing Mm -hmm. a parking lot. It's very, very unique and different. I have listened to the album, and I really like it. Did you? Yeah. Okay. My initial thoughts on it were, okay, am I going to hear a Van Halen album, or or am I going to hear something different? And I didn't really get a Van Halen feel from it. Yeah. It was a rock album, but he had some ballady, soft type songs, but he also had some kind of unique, harder songs and then some upbeat kind of, not hip hop, but like mm-hmm. just, I don't know, like a fast paced rock song, I guess, if there is such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tracks were Mr. Ed, Horribly Right, Epiphany, Don't Back Down, Resolve. I like that one a lot. You'll Be the One, Mammoth, which was really good, Circles, which was really good, The Big Picture, Think It Over, which was really good, You're to Blame, which was really good, Feel, which had an awesome solo in it at one point in the drums, mm-hmm. um, Stone was really good, and then Distance, which I think has been all over the radio. If you've heard one song off of this album, it's probably been Distance. Oh, is that the one with the video with uh, Family? videos and maybe i think that was the first one that came out i think so yeah he had four singles off of this album okay that was the first one that was released so that's probably Mm -hmm. the one you're referring to that that was released in november of 2020 i mean this this album really caught me off guard because i follow him online on like facebook twitter and he comes across like a really nice kid but he also comes across like an arrogant Mm -hmm. cocky punk at times too and i hate when i see that side because i you know, I listened to this album and I think this is a kid who has a lot of talent. Yeah. He's not just going to live off of the name Van Halen. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not just going to be successful because his dad was Eddie Van Halen. He could sing. He could play. He was touring with Guns N' Roses and every show got mm-hmm. rave reviews. Well, it's- I think I think it's good and bad because I think if you aren't the son of a famous, famous guitarist, one of the most famous... And then you try and put out, you know, music, you're playing guitar, 
I think it's I think it's good and bad. I think the bad is that people expect you to be your father. Right. The good is that in a way you already have your foot through the door. Right. Um, now this is a great album. It's not like a a so-so album, and it's getting more hype than it needs. It doesn't need any hype. It stands on its own. But I also think, you know, the good, is, like I said, is that your foot's already in the door. I mean, come on, you get to open for Guns N' Roses. Now, if someone just put out, like, an unknown person uh, put out an album even this good, I don't know if that quickly you would be opening for Guns N' Roses. That's true, because you have the name right. You might be opening for Buck Cherry. Right. Which, not to put down Buck Cherry, but you know what I'm saying. Yep. No, you're right. So there is good and bad with being uh, the son or daughter or whatever of a famous person, even actor, anything. Yep. There, there's good and bad. And I'm sure maybe he's a little, not pompous, but maybe a little arrogant, but not arrogant, but maybe he gets questioned, asked all the time. They know who he is about his father, and he doesn't want to talk about his father he probably loved to talk about his father all the time, but you know what I'm saying. Right. Just who he is, getting approached, all that, that, that kind of gives you a wall sometimes. You yep. know, I don't know. I don't know what is going on. That would have been my favorite album of 2021. It probably would have been tied with the Foo Fighters' Medicine at Midnight mm-hmm. and Taylor Swift's Red. Yeah. <laughs> Redone. <laughs> I, for, uh, I thought for sure you'd have Taylor yeah, Swift. Yeah, I thought I would. I thought about talking about it, but I was like, nah, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's go with the three yeah. I chose. But I'd say at least a nine and a half okay. for those yeah. albums. I, I thought Mammoth yeah. did a great job on his debut album. So one last one. I'm not going to go into detail or great detail, but is, I want to mention is Paul Stanley. I think I mentioned him did I mention him earlier? You did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Soul Station. I give that a listen. That that that's I debated reviewing that. I listened to that today again and just check that out. And all the other bands we mentioned in the beginning, explore some music and hopefully, you know, maybe you'll listen to some of the albums we just talked about that are some of our favorites. Don't listen to the ones maybe we the couple that we, or give them a listen. I don't know. So I think that does it for uh, today's show. So turn off your TV and turn up the music. Intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. Jim and Mike Talk Music is recorded at, did you say, 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The song Insomnia by Jack Atkins and Won't Be Stoppin' by Ketza, used with royalty-free permission. The song Handsome Man by the band Wednesday, used with permission from Carly Hartsman.